It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Hey, I know. Hey, hey, hey. Good night. have a good time today. Make sure we tune in. Huh? Three picks. We're going to get four today. I'm going to get you two. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Redskins. I'm your host, as always, Zach Hicks. Now, that quote that we just had to open up the show there, that's actually from DJ Swearinger when he was all mic'd up against the Vikings. If you want to check out the rest of that, it is on YouTube, but it's actually hilarious that he guaranteed that kid he'd get him two picks today because he actually did end up getting two picks in that game, which, you know, awesome thing for him. And You got those two picks for that kid. So, again, check out the rest of that on YouTube. It's actually a really interesting listen, and it's actually really fun. DJ Swearinger is a very fun guy to listen to. But, again, welcome back to the show here today, guys. I have access to Pro Football Focus Edge. If you guys don't have it, I recommend getting it because Pro Football Focus Edge has so many great stats, so many great, like, in-depth little things that you don't even think to look look at throughout the year. And it's very interesting. So guys, I really recommend get Pro Football Focus Edge. I have five pages worth of notes here on Redskins players. I'm not going to get through all of it, obviously. But we're going to start off today's show with going through some Pro Football Focus grades and notable stats, along with some of the questions you guys had about Pro Football Focus things for me. And then we're going to jump into the weekly mailbag and the second part of the show. And to close it off, we're going to do our Pick a prospect, prospect of the day. Since I missed it yesterday because we had Steve Schaup on from Fanspeak, I will be doing two prospects today to make up for it. So without further ado, let's jump right into our Pro Football Focus grades. Now, if you guys don't know how Pro Football Focus does their grades, I'm just going to go off the top of my head here. What I think, what I remember it being is I think above 90, it means they're like an upper echelon, like elite stud player. If it is above 85, they're having a great season. If it's above 80, they're well above average. If it's above 75 or, or 70, I believe, they're, have, they're just an average player. And below 70, it's a very poor player or poor season. So to kind of go into that, we're just going to go down some notable players' overall grades on the year and some notable stats and overall like grades within that that stuck out to me. Kirk Cousins is an 82.8 on the season, which puts him as an above-average player. So you guys can take all that, all you Kirk haters, above-average player right there. <laughs> Crowder, Grant, and Doxon. All measured out as average to below average players. Crowder is a 78.5, so he's average. Uh, Ryan Grant, 72.3, and Josh Doxson, 68.5, which puts Doxson at a poor grade on the year. Chris Thompson's overall grade this year was a 77.5, which is an average player. But something that really stuck out to me was he has an 87.2 passing grade. So in the passing game, he has an 87.2, which puts him at pretty much an elite, almost an elite level as a pass catcher. Samaj Piran is a 40.3 on the year as a running back, which is really, really poor. It probably has something to do with his first couple games on the year. Vernon Davis is a 46.3 grade on the year. Now, his to kind of break that down a little bit more here, his passing his his grade in the passing game is a 74.4, which is average. His grade in the run blocking department, though, is a 33.6, which is extremely poor. So that kind of contributes to the really low grade for him. Brandon Sheriff is an 87.2 overall grade this year, which puts him at borderline elite level. But his run blocking grade is among the best in the NFL with 91.1. Trent Williams with a banged up year is an 81.7 overall grade, which puts him above average still. And Morgan Moses with his rolled up ankles and all the year he's having is a 72.2, which is an average player this year. Now to jump into the defensive grades a little bit here, DJ Swearinger is a 78.0 this year. So just below, just below like above average player to around an average player. Monte Nicholson is also a 76.6. 
And I always had to throw this in here because I've been having a lot of rants about him recently. D'Angelo Hall is a 36.5. By far one of the poorest players on the roster. So good job, Pro Football Focus. You got that one right. Matt Ioannidis is a 75.9. Stacey McGee is a 75.3. And Jonathan Allen is an 81.3 on the year. So he is actually one of our highest graded defenders still. Ryan Kerrigan is an 82.9. Junior Gallette, 78.2. And Preston Smith, 75.5. So Junior Gallette actually has a higher pass rush grade than Preston Smith on the year as well. Now that's just some quick overall grades though on a bunch of players there, but if you actually pay attention there, I did leave off a couple guys. Three dudes that I left off that I'm actually going to go, or four guys actually, four guys that I left off here that we're going to go in a little more in depth in at the request of Jordan Reed at Jordan Reed on Twitter. He asked, out of curiosity, how do our three corners stack up on Pro Football Focus? So I went a little in depth on all these players, and I'm going to give you some Pro Football Focus in-depth ratings on each of these players here. So to start off, let's go with probably the best corner on the roster this year in Kendall Fuller. Now, Kendall Fuller on the season has an 88 overall grade, which is our highest graded player on our entire roster. He jumped up from a 45.5 overall grade last year, so he is having an outstanding breakout season. Uh, his pass coverage grade is an 88. His run defense grade is a 62.9, which 62.9 is not that terrible for a corner. He's only allowed 29 catches on 46 targets this year for 250 yards, one touchdown, and three picks. That's all coming from the slot. So from the slot this year, 29 catches on 46 targets for 250 yards, a touchdown, and three interceptions. His quarterback rating against is actually six in the NFL among corners that I was able to look at, which I think was like 87 corners I think I was able to look at. So out of the 87 corners that my subscription to Pro Football Focus allowed me to look at, he, has, he is 6 in the NFL with a quarterback rating of 51.6 against. And his run defense actually isn't that bad either. It's 32 tackles and 7 missed tackles with 17 run stops. So Kendall Fuller's having an excellent year. He, the quarterback rating against is one thing that really sticks out to me, that quarterbacks are not having as much success when targeting Kendall Fuller. To jump into Josh Norman a little bit here, though, his overall grade is a 78 on the year. He has 77.5 coverage grade and an 86.6 run defense grade. So really high run defense grade for a corner. Some little stats on him here on him here is he is the eighth least targeted corner in all of football. That's actually shocking to me because if you actually look at more of the stats here, it's you're kind of wondering why he's not very targeted. He has a hundred seven quarterback rating when targeted this year, which is outstanding for like on many levels for quarterbacks and stuff like that. Not outstanding for Norman at all. But that's, it's kind of crazy that he's the 8th least targeted corner in the NFL when he's at 107 quarterback rating against. He's actually 7th in the NFL in cover snaps per target. Now, if you guys don't know what cover snaps per target is, it's how many snaps that you are in coverage before the player that you're covering is targeted. He averaged 8.9 like coverages before he gets targeted. He's averaging 14.3 like snaps covering a player before he allows a catch. And his run defense, again, is outstanding. 40 tackles in the year, only three missed tackles, and seven run stops. So Josh Norman's had a very good year. It's not his elite level that he's always been played at. He has actually dropped down a little bit. He was at 81 last year, and he dropped down to 78. Now to jump into Prashad Breland a little bit, my in-depth stats on him is he has allowed 26 catches on 51 targets for 284 yards and three touchdowns with no picks. Now his quarterback rating isn't great it's quarterback rating of 87.4 when he's targeted but he does have the lowest completion percentage allowed of all of our top three corners with a 51 percent completion percentage the thing that really brings his overall grade lower than the other two guys because his overall grade is a 75.8 it's a 78.1 coverage grade and a 35.2 run defense grade so that's the thing that really brings his grade down compared to the rest of the guys here 
He has the third lowest tackling percentage among all 87 corners graded. His run defense is 29 tackles with 9 missed tackles and 9 stops on the year. So a lot of missed tackles, a lot of stops. He also has allowed 140 yards after after catch this year, which is terrible, which is <laughs> really bad, and that's contributing to his lower grade there. The last little guy I have on here, I don't actually have in-depth st stats on this guy because, again, my subscription only shows me 87 corners, not showing me every single corner in the NFL. Quentin Dunbar, though, has an overall grade of 80.7, which would put him at the second-best corner on the roster this year. He's an 81.5 coverage grade and a 41.9 run defense grade. So that's my breakdown of those corners there for you, Jordan Reed, or at Jordan Reed. That That's my overall breakdown of those guys. And it's actually showing that all three guys, all four guys are actually having a solid year, but Kendall Fuller is having by far and away the best year of the bunch. So the other request I got here for Pro Football Focus Breakdown was Zach Brown's season and how he compares to a linebacker of like last year. So I went into depth on Zach Brown's stats as well on here, and it's actually not as great as what a lot of you guys would expect. He is an overall grade of 70.3, which is just barely average. It's almost a poor grade on the year. Why that is, you ask? He has an 89 run defense grade, which is among the highest in the NFL. But in pass coverage, he's a 34 overall grade, which is extremely poor. Let's go a little in-depth on all these things, though. He has played 70, 738 snaps on the year. And he has either a stop or a tackle on 127 of those. So that, that's an outstanding production right there. 17% of the time he's making a tackle or a stop. It, the two things that really bring down his overall grade, which prevent him from being an elite linebacker though, is again his pass coverage we're going to get to in a second. But he is the sixth worst in the run game this year in missed tackles. So his overall tackle efficiency on the year is 20th in the NFL. Now, things that bring up his overall grade again though, he, had, he has six in run stop percentage among all qualified players. And he is fifth in overall run stops. So those things really bring up his grade. And also he is the seventh rated pass rusher among inside linebackers. So his tackling efficiency is not great. But his run stop percentage, his overall tackles and run stops, along with his ability as a pass rusher, are definitely bringing up his grade. Now to get into the bad here, though, is the coverage ability. He has allowed 45 catches on 57 targets. And by the way, he is the most targeted player among the linebackers and corners on this roster. But he has allowed 45 catches on 57 targets for 433 yards and five touchdowns on the year. He's allowing a 79% completion percentage when targeted. That's pretty poor right there. He allows 1.12 yards per coverage snap. So that means every time he drops back in coverage, he's essentially allowing 1.12 yards like per just time covering a guy, not even per catch. So overall, Brown on the year is an elite run defender. He's doing really good. It's just the tackling needs to improve a little bit and his pass coverage is god-awful. They need to get him off third downs or just blitz him every time on third downs because, again, he is a seventh-rated pass rusher among inside linebackers. So blitz him maybe more on third downs would be great for this team. But that is all I have here for the Pro Football Focus Stats. If you guys want more segments like this in the future, please let me know. I, I've actually really enjoyed going through Pro Football Focus. We are about to jump into our mailbag here in a second, but I just want to remind you guys again to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. We are getting some great reviews so far, and I'm having a blast with with iTunes and even Megaphone's doing a great job too, uh, showing the podcast. And you guys are really having great turnout on all these podcasts here. So be sure to get back to me, give me some feedback. I love all your feedback. So it's Locked On Redskins on iTunes. Leave a review, guys. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. 
If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So many of you guys know the mailbag part of this show is one of my favorite parts. I love when you guys ask me questions and I get to interact with you guys. So without further ado, we're going to jump right into it. Gary Sinelli at Gary Sinelli. I hope it's pronounced Sinelli again. I am horrible with names on here. He asks, what is Fish Smithson's ceiling with the Redskins? Well, it's obviously a Hall of Famer. You know, I, I think his I think his overall projection, though, is being so elite that that number 37, when he eventually makes the roster, will be retired across all the NFL by the time he's done. But but seriously, though, I love me some Fish Smithson. I think his overall ceiling, though, in the NFL isn't, like, a long-time starter. I do think it's an elite, like, not an elite special teamer, but a very good special teamer and depth player in the NFL. I really think he can make a roster and really do some good things for the Redskins. So I'm hoping to see him up this year. And I really do think he can be a good special teamer and and good role player for many years to come. G5 at SL underscore edits asked, with our budget and cousins and other players, I think we should make a strong push for, for Josh Gordon, then draft other team needs. What do you think? My big thing with this one is I know Josh Gordon's restricted free agents with the Browns, but I don't see why they would trade him. I mean, at this point, they've waited so long for him anyway. I don't see the the immediate want for them to trade him, honestly. Like, they've waited this long, and he's finally back, and he looked good this past weekend. Why the heck would you want to trade him? He is an elite caliber player, and if he just gets his head right and his off-field problems right, they have an elite player. So I don't know why they would want to trade him for, like, a fourth or fifth round pick. It's infinitely better just to keep him. So I, I don't I wouldn't trade him on the Browns, and I, I don't, I'd be all for trading for him, honestly. I mean, he's an elite player. It's just I don't see why the Browns would do it. And I, I just don't see the logic behind it. So, I, again, I, I'm not behind that. I don't think it's going to happen. And I'm not a big fan of trading players or signing free agents in the offseason. I'm kind of more of a draft guy now. And I, I really don't think a big free agent or a big trade is going to be something that pushes this team over the edge. So, no to Josh Gordon. I don't think the Browns would trade him. And, honestly, unless they're asking for, like, a 6 or 7th round pick, I, I really wouldn't do it just because he, he could be a headache. He could be an off-field problem. And I'm not a big fan of trading for players. Ian Cummings at Ian underscore Cummings underscore nine asks, my thoughts on drafting a tight end. As far as I'm concerned, Reed is out the door and Davis will be applying for Social Security soon. Sprinkle has potential, but he's raw. I agree with most of those things there. I I am all for drafting a tight end in this draft. I know you guys have heard my me verbally speak out that it's almost time to move on from Jordan Reed because just again, if he's only playing six to eight games a year and we're paying him $10 million a year, he's just not worth it at this point. So I do think the Redskins need to invest in another young tight end. Jeremy Sprinkle, again, does have a lot of potential. He's a very good run blocker. He's shown some upside in the receiving game as well. I just want them to add to it, get another guy in there. Chris Herndon out of Miami is a good H-back tight end combo type guy who is a good receiver and has some good athleticism to boot. So I'm really a big fan of Chris Herndon. He could be a guy we bring in. And then there's some other small guys out there. Adam Brenneman out of UMass used to play at Penn State. Very good receiving tight end. He doesn't have to play every snap. He can just be a situational receiver guy. I'm a big fan of him too. So those are two guys I really like, and I'm a big fan of the Redskins just drafting a tight end, you know, in like the third, fourth, fifth round this year because, honestly, I don't see long-term potential with Jordan Reed or Vernon Davis on this roster. A very good friend of mine, Mark Jarvis, at What's On Draft NFL, he asked my thoughts on Wyatt Teller so far. Now, if you guys don't know who Wyatt Teller is, Wyatt Teller is an offensive guard from Virginia Tech. I'm a huge fan of Wyatt Teller. He's a very mean physical player, a lot like Brandon Sheriff. Like, he brings the same attitude that Sheriff brings, but he's an elite pass blocker, where Sheriff is an elite run blocker. Wyatt Teller is an elite pass blocker. 
Teller doesn't really have the athleticism to be a great run blocker just like Brandon Sheriff, and I think it's going to hurt him come draft time and probably drop him down to the second round. But, man, he when he gets hands on you, he's a tough, strong dude, great hand placement, drives you into the ground, and overall his set is beautiful when he's in pass blocking. Like, not many guys get around him. He's one of the best blocking guards in the NFL when it comes to pass, or he's going to be one of the best passing guards in the NFL when he gets there. And I really am a big fan of Wyatt Teller and his game. So if the Redskins can scoop him up in the second round, play left guard, be a very solid run blocker with an ex- with an excellent pass blocker over there, I think Wyatt Teller is going to be an excellent fit on this team. So I'm a huge fan of Wyatt Teller. NFL Mock, at NFL underscore Mock, asked, fourth to fifth round grade receiver that I like is Alan Lazard out of Iowa State. Your thoughts? I really like Alan Lazard. I think he fits something that the Redskins really like. So he's a very similar player to Mo Harris or Josh Doxson, Terrell Pryor. Very tall, big body guy who likes to go up and just bully corners. Like he uses his frame very well. He uses his size and his strength very well to just pick on these little corners. And I think he's going to be a good player in the NFL. I see like a like a better version of Kelvin ben- Benjamin out of him as his like peak potential. And I think he's a better route runner than what we give credit for. So if you guys have a chance, go check out Alan Lazard at Iowa State. He's a very fun player, and he, especially his games against Oklahoma, he has big games against Oklahoma, makes some big catches in those games. So go check out Alan Lazard. I'm a big fan of Alan Lazard, though, and I, I should be able to see him down in the Senior Bowl this year as well. So he'll put on a show down there for sure. Redskins Tweeter, at Redskins Tweeter, asked, rangy linebackers that you like other than Rashawn Evans and Roquan Smith. I really, really like Andrew Matuapaka out of Virginia Tech. That is a guy that you guys should all get familiar with because, he again, VT, smart, rangy, super athletic middle linebacker, four-year player for Bud Foster in that defense, big-time captain this last year, a super intelligent player. But if you guys go on Pro Football Focus College, he is one of the highest-graded pass coverage guys in college football. And that's a big thing the Redskins need because, again, we won over Zach Brown. His pass coverage is atrocious. And Matua Puaka is a very athletic guy who gives you that pass coverage ability. Now, again, he's not a great run stuffer, so I don't think he can ever be really a starter in the NFL. But he is definitely a guy who I would see the Redskins draft in like the later rounds to be a great pass coverage situational guy. So big fan of Andrew Matua Puaka. Check him out, guys, for sure. Kagan Cantrell at Seeing the Draft asks, where's the ideal round for the Redskins to target a running back in the draft? And who's the guy you see best fitting that spot? Now, there's two kind of answers I have to this. I would love a guy in the first round because Darius Geis I am in love with. I want Darius Geis in a Redskins uniform next year. I'm leading that hype train of Geist2DC on Twitter, the hashtag Geist2DC. Huge fan of Darius Geist. I really want him here in a Redskins uniform. But if we don't get Geist in the first round, I don't want to reach for any other guy. I really want to reach for a guy in like the third round. I think the third round is the perfect spot, especially in a really deep class like this. There's going to be guys like Sony Michelle there in the third round. Nick Chubb might fall to the third round. Kalen Ballage is an uber-talented player. He's going to be in the third round. Mark Walton will be in the third round out of Miami. There are some really good players there that I really see fitting what the Redskins do. And the one guy, again, I'll I'll go into more detail on a lot of guys throughout this podcast, throughout the show, but one guy I really want is Kalen Ballage. And he's not had the best year. He's probably the biggest, most beautiful prospect you'll ever see as a running back. He's never been put together in the college game. And I think when he goes down to the Senior Bowl and he really shows some things he can do, because he is a big, huge, I think he's like 6'3", like 225, can run like a 4'4". Big, huge guy who runs really well. He can catch really well. He has it all. It just hasn't put together. And I think the Redskins can unlock his potential. He can be a three-down guy and be a very good player in the, in the NFL. So if the Redskins took a shot on him in like the third or fourth round, I'd be completely for it. I love Kalen Ballage. Paul Cumberland at Paul underscore Cumberland asks, Assuming Kirk is back, Derwin James, Quentin Nelson, and Darius Geis are all available when they pick, which one do you select? 
This is very, very tough because Derwin James, Quentin Nelson, and Darius Geis are all elite players in this draft. I'm going to go with Quentin Nelson, though, in this one because I think he's a top five overall player in this draft. He is going to be an elite guard for many, many years. I don't have any flaws with him right now. I do think he's going to be a top five guard in the NFL from day one. He's that good of a prospect. I do Again, I love Darius Geis and I love Derwin James, so I wouldn't be upset with any of these guys. If any of these guys found their way to D.C. next year, I would be celebrating in the streets like I was when Jonathan Allen was drafted. Our last question for the mailbag today is from Ricky Kowalski, at Ricky Kowalski 21 He asks, if everything fails with Kirk and we don't re-sign him, who do you think the next best option is in free agency? Now, I know I've, asked, I've answered this question almost every single mailbag, but again, I will answer every question on here. So thank you for asking Ricky. Ricky's actually a good friend of mine, so thanks for asking Ricky. Probably Case Keenum would be the best option. Maybe Teddy Bridgewater. Josh McCallum's not a terrible option. The, honestly, the options are not very good in free agency. Uh, if Alex Smith gets cut, he could probably fit Jay's system. But, yeah, I'm not a big fan of the free agency classic quarterback. My, my thing is, if it's not Kirk Starr next year, I want it to be just some random rookie that we just throw into the heat because I'm tired of waiting. I'm tired of doing all this. If we're drafting a rookie, spending some high draft capital on a rookie, throw him out there. Let him, let, like, throw him into the fire. Let him learn. Let him adjust. I'm completely fine with that. I don't want some veteran to come in at $20 million a year and, and stink it before we put the rookie in. So roll with a rookie or Kirk next year for sure. Now, before we jump into the last part of today's podcast with our pick a prospect and our two guys we're going to pick for our daily pick a prospect here, I have big news for all you fantasy football fans. It's not too late to join the 500,000 people that have already downloaded draft this season. You get to play in a real live snake draft, but you're done in under five minutes and it lasts for just one week. You can join one right now for the week that we are even currently in. The best part? Play for cold, hard cash. And get this, your chances of winning are 80% better than on salary cap sites. All new players get a free entry into a real money draft when you make your first deposit. But you have to use the promo code LONFL for Locked On NFL, LONFL. That's right, play a real money game for free just by using the promo code LONFL, Locked On NFL. Just search draft in your app store or go to draft.com and come play for free with the promo code LONFL. And guys, also be sure to jump into this because it's a really fun thing that all of us Locked On podcast you know, hosts are, are doing. We're all starting our own league, so I'm going to be looking to start my own league this week. Come in, join, go against me, win some money off me, because I'm not the greatest fantasy player in the world. So go in there, kick my butt, take all my money, and we will have a blast this weekend. So join Draft.com today, guys. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So I know today's podcast is going a little longer than usual, but we have our daily pick a prospect. Now, we didn't do it yesterday again because... Steve Shop was on. He did an excellent job breaking down the Kirk Cousins stuff and Kirk Cousins situation. But our two guys that we're going to go with today, I'm going to start with number one here. Drew Locke, quarterback out of Missouri. If you guys aren't familiar with this guy, he is a junior quarterback from Missouri. 6'4", 225. His career stats are 8,426 yards, 7.8 yards per attempt, 70 touchdowns, 30 interceptions with a 135.7 QB rating. This year was by far his best year of his career, though where he threw for 3,695 yards with 9.6 yards per attempt. 
43 touchdowns and 12 interceptions, and he really finished the year strong with big games against Tennessee and Georgia. Now, the things I really like about Drew Locke, he boasts an NFL arm. Like, his arm is beautiful, and he has NFL size as well to go with that, and that, that right there is my general package I like in a quarterback. Now, I'm not saying that's all I look for. That's why I'm not saying, you know, go trade for Christian Hackenberg, because Hackenberg has that. He does some things really well, and he's a very nuanced passer. And that's what I really like about Drew Locke. He throws with anticipation. He's not afraid to sling it. And my big thing with quarterbacks, especially young guys, is I want to tame a gunslinger before I have to teach a timid quarterback to be a gunslinger. So Drew Locke is excellent with that, and I do think he's going to be a very good quarterback in the NFL. A couple flaws I have with him, though, is the system he runs is not perfect for the NFL. It's a really spread-out system, which is weird talking about an SEC quarterback. It's a very spread-out system. And he does have a problem, or like this tendency to kind of rifle in passes that don't need to be rifled in. He, he lacks touch at times. He does throw with a lot of touch down the field, and he does have beautiful arc on his deep passes, but he lacks a certain touch on underneath passes to be a great quarterback or be a great prospect. So as of right now, I have Drew Locke as a fourth-round pick. I think if the Redskins take him in the fourth round and say, say they sign Kirk for a three- or four-year deal, take Drew Locke in the fourth or fifth round, really develop him, and by develop him, I mean this is not a Nate Sudfeld guy. This is a guy who can be an NFL quarterback, who can be a really good NFL quarterback. This is a guy who actually has upside. He's not Nate Sudfeld. He's not Colt McCoy. This is a guy you can you can sit on your bench behind Kirk and really develop him into an NFL player, and not even just an NFL player, into an NFL star to come in after Kirk. So I'm a huge fan of Drew Locke. If the Redskins were to draft a quarterback, which I'm all for the Redskins drafting a quarterback, Go for a guy like Drew Locke here in the middle rounds because he's going to be a very good start in the NFL. I really hope he declares because he just had his best collegiate season. And his offense coordinator is leaving now going into this next year. It's not a great situation for him to go back to again against SEC defenses that are only getting stronger every single year. So I'm a big fan of Drew Locke. I hope he comes out, and I think the Redskins can really get a steal with this guy in the third, fourth, fifth round. Our second player for pick a prospect today is actually one of my favorite players in this entire draft. He's not a sleeper by any means like Drew Locke. Roquan Smith, middle linebacker from Georgia. I am in love with this guy's game. Now, he's a junior middle linebacker, again, from Georgia, 6'1", 225. Career stats of 228 tackles, 5.5 sacks, 17 tackles for a loss, 3 fumble recoveries, and 3 forced fumbles. Now, he has already been named all-team, like, I think first-team All-SEC this year, and he is a Buckus Award nominee or Buckus Award finalist, I believe, which we will find out here in the next couple days, but... Roquan Smith, man, he brings everything to the table. Range, athleticism, smarts, you know, he his anticipation of everything. He's just such a cerebral player, and he has the athleticism to go with it that it's it's a remarkable thing. He's going to be a top 10, top 15 player for me. I love everything about this guy's game. He's kind of like a smaller Luke Keekly. With he's a smaller, more athletic Luke Keekly, which is outstanding. Like that's like the best comp that's the best comp you can give a middle linebacker is something to Luke Keekly, and that's just what I see with him. I am a big fan of this guy's game. I think he's going to be an all-pro, even. I, I'll even I, I'm not going to guarantee it on here, but I, I do think this guy has all-pro potential, and he's going to be a leader of a team. And this is the kind of guy the Skins need, because kind of what I was trying to get at earlier with Zach Brown when I was going through all those stats is Zach Brown is a very good football player. He's a very, very good football player. But he is basically like a Chris Thompson, where he is an elite role player. He's an elite player at, at run defense and blitzing the quarterback. But when it comes to pass coverage and it comes down to being your every down middle linebacker, he's not that. The Redskins still need to find that. He is just not that player. So Roquan Smith, I think, can be that player for the Skins, and he can be a superstar for many years to come. All right, guys, that is all I have for today. I know this is my longest solo podcast to date. 
because I went over so many topics with you guys. But that is all we have for today. Tomorrow, I will be going into some in-depth stats on the Chargers and Redskins matchup. If any of you guys are super excited for that, should be a fun one. And remember, next week on Monday and Tuesday, we will have we will be joined by Steve Seifert, my one of my good friends who's been on the podcast many times. So I will catch all you guys tomorrow. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.